You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. So I want to share a word that's been really helpful for me and it really simplifies my life and it's been a helpful framework, uh, whether I'm dealing with uh, friends in my life or family or just random strangers I meet, people on the internet. It has been really helpful to think about things in this way. The title of the talk today is The Only Thing That Counts. The basic idea is that everything is a means to serve this one thing we're supposed to do, to focus on and do this thing well. Everything else is in the service of this thing. And that's love, to love one another. And so why don't we go right into it? I'll read the passage first, Galatians chapter 5. It says this, For in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It's really all here right in this one verse. Paul was writing to a church that was obsessed with this idea of circumcision. People use this one metric, this one criteria to determine the whole value and the belonging of a person. Is this person good? Is this person bad? Are they in? Are they out? Are they one of us? Are they one of them? Is this a person I can trust? Or do I have to be suspicious about who they are? And can you imagine, when is the last time you thought about circumcision? And yet, this was the key issue. And to this group, Paul says, actually, circumcision or uncircumcision has no value. Can you imagine saying that to a group of people who value this as their utmost? And then he goes on to explain that the only thing that really matters is faith, but not just faith, but faith that expresses itself, not just expresses itself, but expresses itself in the only thing that counts, which is love. Love has been the end game all along. I just think about my life and the way that I grew up in a religious context and then becoming a professional religious person and all the ways that I tried to make religion complicated, that I would look at a person or a situation and there was so much complexity in my mind. I didn't know how to think about a person or how to think about a situation. And I forgot that all of it, all my thoughts, all my criteria, all my standards, the whole matrix was really supposed to be in the service of just one thing, which is my faith expressing itself in love. Do I love this person? Is that really what's driving all of my thinking and feeling and categorizing? It's just about loving the human being that's right in front of me. I think in the name of Jesus, I've done a lot of things like express my anxiety, express my arrogance and self-righteousness, express all the ways that I was confused. But really, all I'm supposed to do is to love this person. And to express my faith in love was the whole point all along. I think about this great gift that Paul is giving to me. He's telling me to take all that clutter, work through it somehow, and get to this one simple task, which is to love. The truth 
uh, is that me loving God is fully fulfilled and expressed in the way I love human beings. That loving God and loving people are not two separate things. It's not part A and then part B, but part A is made complete in the way I do part B, which is to love people. So if I love people, then I am loving God. And Jesus says, whatever I do to the least of human beings is what I've done unto him. There's no separation between God and people as far as love is concerned. A couple of verses that really uh, hit home for me here in this regard is Galatians chapter 5. It says, For you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. And then here's where he really makes it, makes it clear. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. Notice he says it's the whole law, not just a part of it, not aspects of it, but the whole thing is fulfilled, meaning it's a process, but ultimately it's about this one thing. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he goes on to comment, if you bite and devour one another, Watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Just think about our current historical moment that we find ourselves in. Think about how much devouring and how much biting there is. And think about all of the people that have been consumed in the process. I think about my own heart and all the ways that I react emotionally and intellectually to the headlines that I read, other people's opinions, news, uh, and people's opinions on the news. And I do all of this biting and devouring, even if, if it's not to their face, it's at least in my mind, I do that. In all the ways that's harmful. And that is not the way of love. It's easy to think that doing that is what religion is, that doing that, parsing out all the finer details of right and wrong, and how somebody is in the wrong, and how I'm in the right, how that feels like such a religious activity. It feels like my moral obligation. And yet, Paul says, stop doing that. That's not what God wants from us. The way God wants us to love him is by loving other people. The whole law is fulfilled in this way. Another verse, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and a second is like you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commands depends depend all the law and the prophets. And here Jesus is explaining that this one law of loving God is actually just underscored in the way we love our neighbor. It's not two separate laws. This is called Hebrew parallelism. And it's just a way of underscoring the one point by saying it in two different ways. And that's why the Apostle Paul can interpret this passage that way. So that's the idea. But what does it look like to actually love somebody? A couple of application points. The first thing is to really get low. It says in Luke that Jesus turned and asked the Pharisees and the teachers of the law of Moses, is it right to heal on the Sabbath? They did not say a word. Jesus took hold of the man. Then he healed him and sent him away. Afterward, Jesus asked the people, if your son or ox falls into a well, wouldn't you pull him out at once, even on the Sabbath? The Sabbath was a really big deal to the Jewish people. Some would argue that it is their most important law. 
and they had 39 different categories that help people think about the kinds of ways you keep the Sabbath. And they had six over 600 different sub-laws to help you keep this one law of the Sabbath. So it was a really big deal. But Jesus challenges it, challenges the thinking about it by asking the question, if your son falls into a ditch, or even an ox, an animal, falls into a ditch, don't you instinctually know that the purpose of the Sabbath law was for the flourishing of human beings? And so if human life is being harmed or threatened, then shouldn't you fulfill the law of the Sabbath by rescuing an animal or a son, even if it's on the Sabbath? That's doing the work. And externally, and if you look at it simplistically, it can look like you're violating the Sabbath law, but in reality, you're fulfilling it because you're loving a person or even an animal. And so the command, the way to really keep the Sabbath law is to be willing to go into the ditch where people are at, where the animal is to help rescue that person because that's the way of love. In another place, Jesus says, the Sabbath was made for humans and not humans for the Sabbath. From the beginning, this was the intention of the Sabbath to help human life to flourish. And so should we not do it, especially on the Sabbath, not even on the Sabbath? The way of God, the way of uh, God's law was to lead us towards love. And here is a way to summarize it. People are greater than principles because the point of principles is people and it's always been people. So get low, be willing to go where the people are at. Second way to love people is to really get close. There's a passage in 1 John that I really love. It explains that if we say we love God, but we hate our brother, then we're not actually loving God because it's easier to love the brother whom we can see, but God we cannot see. And this is kind of different than how I think about it. The way I think about it is if um, uh, I love God, but I really struggle with loving people. But John reminds me that actually it's easier to love the things you can see. And so the way we are encouraged to love people is not to get far away from them so we can judge them, but to really lean in, get close so we can really see them, see their full humanity, understand their story, know where they're coming from. This is why we love our families so much, even if we don't want to. It's because we know them so well. We grew up with them. We instinctively understand how they're wired and why they think and behave the way they do. And we can't help but love them. And the command here is to get really close so we can love them. Um, the principle, the summary statement is, if we see, then that sight will lead to loving. I want to close out what I'm saying here uh, through a... Um, Explaining behavioral science, the people who study decision-making and human behavior, they tell us that at the point of decision-making, we have to get to a place where we are thinking binarily. And the idea is that a thousand times a day, we have the choice to either judge or love. Now, people are complicated, situations are complicated, and all of these events in the world are complicated. I understand that. But there is a way that we're supposed to work through that complexity and get to the place where we are actually getting low where people are at and getting close enough to see them so that we can love them. 
uh, I love the uh, way that my brain works. My brain likes to make everything complicated. You know, I look, I look at somebody in a ditch and I think, well, maybe they dug that ditch. Maybe they love ditches and they have a propensity for ditches. Maybe the system is setting them up to fall into ditches. I mean, maybe I'm enabling behavior by rescuing people from the ditch. I don't know. It's very complicated. But I work through that and I get to this binary place where I'm called to either judge or love. And it's the uh, command of God that if we are going to love him, the way we express that is by loving, by choosing love. Let me close by reading Galatians chapter 5. Through love, Paul says, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.